Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to this week's Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, Catherine Ransom is our host each and every week, and she is uh, she is absolutely wonderful. You must get the book. You must check out the documentary, which is uh, which is now available, and uh, and in the midst of blasting, and uh, check out our Zoom uh, conference interviews, which are basically shows like this. But you can see the lovely Catherine Ransom and some beautiful background pictures that she either took herself or picked out herself. She's she's absolutely wonderful. And as always, a positive and uplifting message. Catherine Ransom, how are you? I am great today, Frank. It's uh, it's almost like summer, and it's gotten to be the weather is in the 70s, and that's better than the 90s, but it's a whale of a lot better than weather I hear in some parts of our country that may break all-time records of 130-plus. Wow. So. I can be nothing but happy that I have almost just half of that 130. Wow, 130. I mean, that's that's amazing. And and it's not necessarily all coming up in hot places. For example, British Columbia is uh, was at 120 or 121, and you never usually think about British Columbia being at that. It's usually, you know, steady 70, 80. It's kind of Seattle weather, but, you know, they're at 100, 121. Where are you hearing 130? Uh, the Arizonas and... and yes, yeah, somewhere. I, I don't really remember. I just yeah. know this morning that... I, and I and my brain doesn't remember. I guess maybe that's uh, because it's filled with other clever things. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I Amazing. know that I'm glad I'm not there. And and the the sad part is, so many of these places that have this really high temperature do not normally. So they don't even have air conditioned, which you and I probably just take for granted. That when the weather and the humidity go up why we just turn the, the air conditioning on and that isn't true every place so uh, uh, i've got friends one friend in canada is so thankful she even has a fan oh my god. <laughs> i know i know it's just horrible so I, a question for you this yes. morning have you ever met hw former president hw bush yes I, I did yeah george uh herbert walker bush i i met him it was very very brief it was at an event where he was speaking and uh Lovely man, by the way. Uh, uh, you know, a, a heroic man too. He was a he was shot down, I believe, in his plane, and he uh, he was rescued. And it just uh, it just you know an amazing guy lived into his nineties and uh, you know had some life. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. But I did get to meet him. It was more or less you know it's an honor to meet you, Mr. President. And by the way, I've met the last seven presidents, but when I met him, it was kind of it's an honor to meet you, Mr. President. He said, "Well, yeah, thank you, Frank. It's great to meet you." And and it was like the next guy moves on, and it was just kind of in a rope line type of thing you know at a dinner and so you uh, didn't get to have a, you didn't get to have a long confidential conversation with no him. no no definitely not <laughs> no with his son yes but not and and president clinton and and some of the other presidents but not uh not george herbert walker bush but it was nice it was nice to meet him and i think i would have liked to have met his wife too she always came across Lovely. as a gentle kind uh focused woman who had backbone but also was kind and cared about people uh, and I would have liked to have met each of them. But uh, the reason I ask you that is that on June 17th, which was not that long ago, uh, just about a month ago, uh, there was an interesting event happened. His granddaughter, uh, Jenna Bush Hager, I believe is her last name, 
she decided that she was going to try and celebrate one of the things that her grandfather loved to do. And you probably remember what mm -hmm. that thing, that action was. He loved to do skydiving out of planes. And I guess he did the first one back in 1944 during World War II. And that was probably not for fun. That was probably as a part of the war. But as he continued, he did lots of skydiving. And then he did that marvelous thing. He did one on his 99th birthday. I don't know that at 99, I'll even be able to keep my eyeballs open, <laughs> let alone. But uh, so Jenna decided that one way to celebrate her grandfather's birthday, as I'm sure many in your listening audience will remember, she decided to invite or ask or request that the uh, uh, Army or the military let her have a skydiving experience in honor of her grandfather and the i think they're called the golden uh, golden something or other that these <clears throat> particular uh soldiers that take her down but she took uh, on the day of his birthday they took her up in a plane strapped her into all kinds of uh, parachutes and padding and everything and they sent uh one of the flyboys with her and sure enough we watched it live on the today show as she approaches the door of the plane and just think i mean i can't even imagine what my heart was feeling at that moment and you'd see this mix one moment you'd see her eyes sort of sparkling and then the next moment you would almost get just a little bit of hesitation and then they leaped out into nothing and then they fall and they when she finally gets down to the ground of course it's an ecstatic moment and someone helps her get up but this team approach she had the opportunity to overcome fear honor her grandfather and have a glorious time at the same time you know th that's that it's just such a wonderful story and it seems to me there are things that we can learn from that that we need to recognize and celebrate Christians that have gone before us, whether it's a martyr or whether it's a parent that have set the way. I was talking with someone today, and we, I was reminded of when my folks helped start a new church years and years ago in Rolla, Missouri. It, they had to walk out on faith to see if they could make it go. But they had lots of people to help them. And they weren't the leaders. They were just part of the team. And yet it was a great experience. And they honored Christians, in a sense, who had worked so hard over the years to make sure that we still know about the love of the Lord today. And But the other piece was they had to have someone help them. Nobody can really do great things very often without having some kind of help to help them. Amazing. Don't you sort of think people need, don't you think sort of it helps to have someone helping you do things? There's no question about it. And, and not only here on earth, but, you know, the, the, the big one, the, the Lord in the, in the sky. And, uh, I mean, let's face it, you know, when you, when you jump out of that airplane like Jenna Bush did to celebrate her grandfather's birthday, uh, you know, she's, she's putting her faith 
out there, that that chute is going to open up and that she's going to land safely and that she's not going to get taken by a wind and taken into a, you know, you know, a, uh, who knows, like the ocean or, you know, something she knows when she goes out there or she hopes and she feels and she has faith when she steps out there that she she's uh, out there and she's going to land safely. And guess what? She's not alone. She's with the Lord. And uh, the Bushes are, are strong people of faith. I mean, they have pe- people of um, very, very rock solid uh, faith and just uh, terrific. Her father did and her, her father does, I should say, and her, her grandfather and grandmother certainly do. But yeah, but not only that, but the, the people that are packing up the parachute. I'm sure she didn't say, oh, let me figure this out myself. Experts. She had experts there from the from the military, and, and they, they said, hey, this is special, and obviously all lives are special, but, you know, this is the president's daughter. People are going to be watching this. Um, let's make sure that this is the perfect shoot, and the per- the people who made the shoot in the first place and the people that packed the shoot, the, the, the men and women that are flying, that possibly flying the airplane, and uh, the crew there, no, nobody does it alone. People, you know, just like in the example you gave with your parents, uh, your, your parents may not have been the, uh, you know, the founder of uh, the uh, the church, the uh, the key, uh, the head founder of the church, but they were the founders. They were they were people helping others, um, you know, for, for years to come with uh, with a place to go and I, I it's interesting to it would be interesting to see if that church still stands uh, it does yeah. it does i Amazing. was by there not about a year ago and checked it out and sure enough the uh, environment around it has changed a bit and they've rerouted some roads and highways uh it's really in a more prominent spot same location but more prominent spot than it was back in uh the 1940s when uh, when i was there but it was the Golden Knights, and we need cr- to give credit to them today that we're helping uh, uh, Jenna on that particular flight. But I've got a scripture I want to read, too, that I Please. think is sort of interesting that reinforces the fact that we don't do—we really need uh, helping hands and, and other people as we do it. And it, it comes from, uh, from uh, Solomon, two are better than one because they have a good reason for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And it comes from Ecclesiastes 49. You know, isn't that true in life? That it's great to have a hand to hold you up, to lift you up. And we have times of fear, but we still do it. We've talked about it before that on my bucket list was to ride a plane, to pilot a plane. And I had that opportunity uh, two or three or several years ago. And I still remember when my pilot friend said, you're in charge. And I had a hole of one of the wheels or the steering guide, whatever you call it. And it was with joy, but it was mixed with fear. I've got two friends in this plane. If I do something wrong... What's going to happen? And then I thought, no, I don't have to worry. I have to be careful. But I've got a trained pilot sitting in my right beside me on my left side. And he's not going to let me do something too stupid. I may wave the wings a little bit too much. I may get off course a bit. And then that's exactly, exactly what we have when we think about the Lord and he's our pilot. And he does watch and he does let us get off course a bit. And But he's not going to let us get too far. And then if we still 
keep connection with him. I could ignore the pilot next to me, but I wasn't going to. If I do it in my life, I don't want to ignore the, the master pilot, yeah. or I could get in deep kind of trouble. But it helps to have that helping hand, that companion. And that's why I love this story of Jenna, because that's exactly what the Golden Knights were doing to her. She was celebrating. She was help, uh, demonstrating her pride of her grandfather. And yet she needed someone in case she fell. So anyway, Amazing. that's my Amazing. that's my airplane story for the day. Wonderful. Yeah, just wonderful. I know. When you hear the word persistence, what, what what goes through your mind when you hear that word? Well, you know, keep in mind, uh, I I have four children that grew up in the age of ice aged, the uh, <laughs> the uh, the cartoon. Do you know uh, Do you know the cartoon Ice Age? It was uh, I, yeah. It's it's about you know it's about these um, this woolly mammoth and this squirrel. And I forget the name of the squirrel, but he was uh, the the whole movie. He was just chasing after this nut and trying to hold on to this nut and going after it, going after it, going after it. And and this little squirrel, this little cartoon prehistoric squirrel, that's all he focused on was just going after the nut, after the nut. And eventually, you know, he got the nut and he held on to it. But it was just this one nut over and over. And he was so persistent. And he was so... Uh, so focused uh, on getting there. But, you know, on a more serious uh, note, I, I guess anything that, that we do, you know, you, you taught people to read. And when, and when you teach people to read, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not the easiest thing for the teacher and, and for the student. And, it, you know, you, you start out and you, you know, as a reader, you feel like, gosh, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to figure this out. But as you continue to do it, as you as you learn to do it as a child or maybe as an adult, you know, and people who didn't learn early on, you, you eventually, because of persistence, because you're, you're pushing yourself to, to do this, to, to learn, it gets easier and easier and easier. And persistence is like that. You know, the, the, the harder... You try in the beginning to get through those rough spots. Uh, the easier it is to, to stay on course and to, uh, to continue going after what your goal is and, and staying the course and, and being uh, persistent. Look, the, uh, the, the people that are keeping that church alive that your parents helped found, uh, you know, th those, those people aren't thinking, boy, it's hard to keep this church going there. No, it, because it got easier and easier and easier. It was the founders, and, and they had to be persistent to not let it fall in that first year or those first couple of years. And then maybe there were struggles along the way, and there might still be struggles. But, uh, but it's, it's early on. That, those are the real challenging times. And, then, and every once in a while, God will throw a challenge at you. And, and as long as you don't give up. As long as you stay there, you're, you're, uh, you're, you know, you'll, you'll get your goal. It's persistence. It's all about persistence. Well, and your story of the squirrel and the nut are tied right into the story I was reading the other day. This woman was watching a bird and was the bird would keep picking, trying to pick up this piece of string and it would get it in its beak and it would try to fly, fly away and the string would fall. And she watched it over and over, and she thought, my goodness, I'm, I'm sure that that little bird 
is wanting that piece of string to build a nest. You know, that would be by logic. But the persistence and the problem was the little bird did not realize that that piece of string was fastened to a boat that was on a, a boat rack, a weight trailer, ready to be pulled away in another direction. But it just kept doing it over and over, continuing to try. And I guess the, the, the message from that is you can't give up. And that's, I think, where the persistence comes in. And sometimes you think it's nothing good is ever going to happen from this. I, and the, 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 the speaker that was sharing the bird story really sort of talked about three words. And one of those was the one I used with you, persistence. One was the one you used, you have to stay focused. And the third, and this is sort of an important one, you've got to feel confident. You can't give up. You have to keep trying. And sometimes we have a challenge in our life. Something bad happens or what, and people then just totally give up and say, and then that's sometimes how we have suicides. Yeah. We just give up. People just give up. Or you don't try to continue to learn how to play the trumpet so you can play it at church. You give up because the notes sounded off key the first time you played. And I think of that because last night we got to go back and have live drama in our city of Springfield. Wow. And we saw the music man. And so trumpets and trombones come into my brain as I <laughs> think of last night. And it was so much fun. And I'm sure th that play was supposed to have been given two a year and a half ago. And you know what happened. Yeah. And so some of the cast, most of the cast were ready to give it in March ish of a year and a half ago. Were re retried out to play it when the owner of the theater decided to try and show it again. They had to keep trying and being persistent and being faithful. And what a nice production they had. And there were some wonderful voices. And there were some teeny little kids that couldn't have been more than six or so, a couple of them in there that were just darling. And I thought, those little kids, those two young children particularly, learned the value of persistence because as they marched around, as they had to pretend they were playing an instrument, as they had to keep in step with the dancers, they were learning the art of being persistent and focused and yet confident. Because that little six-year-old, or she might have been five, I don't know, she could have been seven, but she was so confident as she marched around that mm -hmm. stage. And, and, and you know that they had to help her a bit in the beginning. No doubt. It took a team. They had to be persistent. And the same thing, and then I tried to translate that to a couple of really tough events right now in my own life. I've got a friend whose wife really got discouraged with the church, and she dropped out. And he and I have been trying to figure out how can we help her be less discouraged, be encouraged to come back and worship again. And we've tried a number of things. He and I have prayed together. I have written her notes. 
when he was having major surgery the other day, I went up and I had prayer with her, and I think I opened the door a tad more. We haven't solved the problem yet, but number one, I'm going to be persistent with the Lord's help. Number two, the biggest challenge is staying focused. Why? Because 18,000 other people need help. And suddenly you're doing this and this and, oh, me, I forgot all about Sue. And then I have to get refocused. But thirdly, I'm confident that with the Lord and with prayers and with the help of her husband and his faith in her, I believe we'll bring her back into a relationship with the Lord again. So all of that comes out of a little bird that kept trying to pick up this string that was really fastened to a whole boat of which obviously he could never pull. Isn't it amazing what we can sort of learn from a bird? It's, it's amazing to me, and I say it all the time, and I mentioned the, the squirrel with the acorn, but you could take that acorn and you could plant it, and within moments, you could turn it into a lesson, into a wonderful story, and, and, and the connections and the branches that come off of that story, just beautiful. Really beautiful. What a, what a talent. And I say that all the time, but it's really, I've never met anyone who could do that uh, so easily. Well, I shouldn't say it's easy. Sometimes I'm sure, you know, you have to be persistent in that, you know, and, but uh, it just, it j- just amazing. What, what a, what a beautiful way of, of getting to the bottom line and persistence. And I, you know, I hope your, hope your friend uh, does come back uh, to, to worship and, uh, and, I, I think that they'll they'll thank you. You know, they'll uh, they'll thank you, and they'll, they'll maybe do the they'll pay it forward, so to speak, and do the same for someone else. You know, Frank, it's pro- the people. Some of us, I, I know, I'm not the only person that gets um, over eager and impatient and wants things to happen yesterday. And I, I know I'm not the lone ranger in that, but I do. I you know, it's so hard for me not to really be focused, really try, plan ahead, do it correctly, and then it doesn't work quite right, or people aren't quite ready for it. And then I begin to get discouraged, and then I get fussy, and then I, you don't want to know. So we, I, we, I have to keep praying in my own life for patience, because I believe in the story of the bird, so to speak. And I think of I also think about it when you remember Gideon and uh, I mean Joshua, pardon me. Yes. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho and they marched around the, the, the square and, and he had for seven days he took the people of Israel around the town they were trying to capture and they carried the Ark of the Covenant and they had the priest with uh, trumpets so that they could make noise. And for six days, they faithfully got up and walked around the outside wall of the city. And I'm sure after about the second day, four impatient Cathy's begin to say, oh, come on, what are we doing this for? You know, let's get with it. And about the fourth day, there's some people that join Kathy. And then the sixth day, I am sure there were a multitude that said, I think I'm going to stay in bed this early morning. I'm not going with the team, but the team went. And on that seventh morning, 
They blew the trumpets and they had success. But God made them be patient because God could have helped them win just as easily on the first day as the seventh day. I don't know why he made them wait six days. It's beyond me, but I don't know why sometimes I have to wait in my own life. And my guess is that some of our listening audience have had illness in their family. Why did it take so long? Why was it they? How come so many, how, how come we lost our jobs? How come, how come, why Lord? How long do I have to wait to be able to take care of my family? During this virus period, I am sure there are lots of parents. How am I going to help my kids learn when they can't even go to school in a normal kind of way? Impatience, impatience. And Gideon, and Gideon demonstrated six days just just imagine and that wall city i don't know how big the wall city was because i'm not that much of a scholar but you know it wasn't just around a tomato patch and so (laughs) they they probably walked a half an hour or an hour or two hours and who knows but it was a long walk and wouldn't you have gotten just a teeny bit discouraged yeah i'm sure you know we we don't hear the story of all the people that got all the individuals who said, "Oh, this is, this is too much. This is, uh, this is there." But you know, it, it, for for centuries now, uh, people have been you know hearing the story of Joshua and Gideon and uh, and and realizing you know what it uh, what it means, and they've learned from that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it's uh, you know when when you hear the end result and you hear the uh, the story to its fullest. Yeah, uh, it, it sounds uh, you know almost easy, but you forget what it took to get there and to and to make that you know biblical uh, you know historic um, stance and uh, and just yeah again another wonderful example and yes uh, I, I can imagine a lot of folks I'd like to think that I would be able to hang in there and be tough, but you know you don't know until you have to do it. We have those moments in our lives. And uh, that we have to get through, and and you know we have different experiences, but the same emotions and the same same skills and the same mental aptitude uh, it comes and and takes uh, it takes place. But yeah, you're absolutely right. So many people in there are, probably grew impatient and and uh, and just gave up. But we don't hear about them. We just hear the end result. Oh, I, I'm sure that you're. I mean, I absolutely know that you're correct. Well, I read read about an, an interesting prayer. You know, I don't know what you think about prayer, right. whether you think about it as being really serious. Uh, obviously, I know you know that prayer is designed to talk to God, and we use the the prayer, the word prayer sometimes a little loosely. But as we talk about it in this context, we're talking about serious prayer. And so I heard this story, and it, it took place in a farming community, and they were having a visiting minister and it was for a men's meeting and it was going to be a breakfast and one of the farmers uh was invited to give the 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 blessing for the food and this is the prayer that he prayed and you pretend that you are the visiting minister and you start to hear this prayer okay yes so the, the first line is lord i hate buttermilk So you'll, you know, you sort of chuckle, just like I'm sure the, the guy did. 
second line of the prayer. Lord, I hate lard. And the minister in the audience, you know, the guest minister sort of starts to turn around and look at, well, you know, what what is happening? (laughs) Third line in the prayer. Lord, you know I don't care much for raw white flour. Well, by now, the minister is really crazy. What in the world is going on? But our faithful farmer continued. But, Lord, when you mix them all together with a few other items and then bake it, wow, Lord, I love warm, fresh biscuits. Wow. So, Lord, he continued. This is the nice part. So, Lord, when life gets hard, when we don't understand, when life gets rough, help us relax and wait until you're done mixing. Probably even better than warm biscuits. Now, what do you think about that for a prayer? Wow. And again, you got yeah, it's, it's also persistent. You got to wait. You got to wait for the whole thing to be done. Just like you have to wait for the, the, the biscuit to be made, right? I mean, you, uh, but you have to wait out that prayer. You have to think and say, okay, well, she's going somewhere. She wouldn't be doing this or he wouldn't be doing this uh, to us. He wouldn't be, you know, just starting out with I hate Lord and I hate, you know. I, you would, uh, you, you have to be patient for it to get to, to the end. Exactly the same way uh, building a biscuit. Building a biscuit and building a prayer. In some ways it's very similar. Well, and, you know, I could say, Lord, you know, I don't like sickness. Lord, you know, I don't like uh, a pain. Lord, you really know, I really am not real comfortable with doctors. But then, Lord, when you mix all of that together, the pain, the doctors, the sickness, when you mix it together, I now have a healthy heart, just like his biscuits. When you mix items that alone, I don't want to sit and eat a spoonful of lard either, and I bet you don't either. No. But, and I don't really want to have two weeks or two months or two years of a heart that doesn't work. But if you mix them together, now I, if I hadn't had pain, if the doctors hadn't been able to notice I had a heart problem, I wouldn't be healthy today. The healthy product is sort of like the biscuit. And sometimes folk in our audience have a mixture of three or four things that in and of themselves are tough. I've got a kid. He's autistic. He doesn't behave as well or as regular often other children do in a mixed environment. He gets nervous and upset. But when you put all of those together and he matures, he may turn into a marvelous, patient, understanding person who's able to help somebody else along their rough road. So that mama and that papa need to be looking, keep praying, keep helping, But look forward to, I need to help my son mature as well as possible and pray that his life 
will turn out to be a helper for others, just like the biscuit story. Well, that's that's my that's my points for today, Frank. Wow. Absolutely beautiful. And, uh, you know, you asked uh, earlier, you know, like what I think of uh, what I think of prayer and, you know, should it be serious? Should it be, uh, should it be fun? Should it be relaxed or whatever? And, and you know what I and just to close with it, I, I'd like to say uh, all of the above, whatever it takes to get you to uh, to speak to the Lord and keep your relationship with the Lord, to develop a relationship with the Lord, it's uh, however you get there. It's it's absolutely great. But you're right. Building that prayer, building that biscuit, and building the the uh, the the calm that comes after a sickness that you just said, just beautiful as always. Catherine Ransom, you're wonderful, and uh, thank you for very much for sharing each and every week with us and to everyone out there. Thank you for listening. We know that you have a lot of choices. You can hear us on 124 different outlets. And uh, whatever one you're listening to now is just fine. And if you're not happy with that one, you could uh, make some different choices. But buy Ransom Notes, everyone, and check out the the visuals uh, of Ransom Notes, the documentary on Catherine Ransom. Uh, She's lovely, and you'll see her old house that she lived in for over 40 years and uh, and, and now you can see uh, see a nice background on Zoom meetings, but she's, she's lovely. Whether it's visual, whether it's audio, she's, uh, she's the best. Catherine Ransom, author of Ransom Notes and the host of this podcast and radio show each and every week. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes.